Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Today with us is James Montgomery. Uh, James is a fantastic blues harmonica player. We're going to be talking to him in a second. First, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine, pplmag.com, Pittsburgh's first internet radio, TV network, online community, and business directory. Go to pplmag.com. also like to thank MTS Management Group. MTS Management is more than just an artist management company. It's a bona fide rock star in the music industry specializing in full-service artist management, publicity and promotions, and social media campaigns. Go to mtsmanagementgroup.com. And like I said, uh, guys, we have a great guest for you today, uh, uh, James Montgomery. When When blues legend James Montgomery plays a harmonica, he brings it on home, whether it's recording with Kid Rock, sitting in with Greg Allman or fronting his hot band of 30 years. Montgomery plays with authority. While growing up in Detroit, he learned firsthand from the masters, James Cotton, John Lee Hooker, and Junior Wells, at the legendary Chessmate. Over the years, he carried on in the tradition and continues to be a vital presence in blues as one of the most dynamic performers on the scene. Welcome, James Montgomery. How are you today, James? Well, good, especially after hearing all that stuff that my publicist wrote about me, you know. That. <laughs> uh, you know so you, start you, off on a positive note before we get into the, the sex you, and the drugs and the bad marriages and stuff. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, you give the publicist 100 bucks and they write something nice about you, you know what I mean? And they, 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 they say, give me 100 bucks and I'll do your bio, okay? <laughs> Way to go. All right. So what made you want to play harmonica? Well, you know, I had a blues radio show for um, uh, five or six years before I did. Then I joined Johnny Wintersby, and then, and, you know, I was on the road so much with him, I, I, I couldn't do the show anymore. But the reason I mention it is that I, I interviewed 110 blues artists, and, uh, you know, half of whom I knew before the show and half of whom I met because of the show. Um, but anyway, it, it, every blues artist has a moment. It, you know, everything, they're all the two. Um, People I interviewed had a, had a clear moment when when they when you know I I think it's different with rock and roll, you know you say, ask a rock and roll guy you know what is this oh I love rock and roll I want to play guitar I want to get the girls I want to wear Beatle boots whatever it is you know <laughs> but but every every um, every blues musician will tell you the moment you know Bonnie Ray at, at camp when the when camp council started playing blues and. And, uh, you know, Greg Allman when he was down in Florida at this thing, and John Lee Hooker when he saw this girl on the street. And uh, Anyway, um, so that's what happened to me. I saw, um, I was a big rock and roll kid, and, and when I was 15, uh, I saw a harmonica player playing live blues in a jug band, and uh, that was my moment. It just, there was something about hearing live blues for the first time, and you know, this guy played harmonica, <clears throat> who, who eventually, um, he, I eventually became a member of that band. It was a drug band, and the, that guy is Chris Theo, who's 
now the leader of the Uptown Horns, uh, who I still play with on a regular basis. So I've been playing with Christmas for 51 years now. But but I had a moment. I had that that moment that blues people have, where um, you know where I heard blues for the first time, and it just struck this unbelievable chord within me. It was a uh, you know, and it's it, and, and it's basically that that same feeling that 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 we get when we play every night. You know, it's a, it's a, it's just really unique, uh, a, a really unique uh, experience. And and uh, but every every. Virtually every blues musician has it. How do you learn to play the harmonica? I mean, are there harmonica lessons, or do you just kind of like go get a harp and just start listening? I mean, how how, how do you how do you well, become you know, such an amazing Fortnite, player? Jerry Fortnite, uh, you know, played with with uh, Mighty Waters and uh, and uh, Eric Clapton. Um, he has a really good book out on it, uh, DVD or whatever it is uh, on how to play. Um, but I, you know, I would say for, for most of us, uh, you just put it in your pocket and uh, you walk around, and uh, it, 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 much to the chagrin of the other people on the street and in your household, <laughs> um, you know, you just you just you just play it. it. You know, when I saw that drug band, I, I really, um, you know, I really wanted to join that band. And as a matter of fact, I became the the, the, uh, the front man for that band within six months after I saw him play for the first time. And the other thing is, you know, if you want to play in a band, a harmonica is the quickest way to get up there, you know. Uh, in six months, you could be good enough to play in a band. And if you play guitar, you got to play for a couple of years to be good enough to get up to play in a band. <laughs> so I said, now, what's the quickest way to get on stage? <laughs> harmonica, you know. But, 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 I, but I, I did really love, the first time I heard Live Blues, there was a song called Casey Simone. It was, I think, a Jim Cluster band used to cover that. It goes, I love to hear that Casey when she moans. And it's a great 12-bar blues thing. And I'll always remember that. And, uh, and like I say, the guy who was playing harmonica in that band, uh, he's with the Uptown Horns. They tour with the Stones and record with Jay Giles. And, and they're actually the only white people ever record with James Brown in the horn section on James Brown's Living in America. Mm-hmm. And and that guy and I we played together uh, twice over the uh, over the over the New Year's weekend. So um, it's been great. Oh now now you mentioned some of the people we've worked with. Now, over the years, I mean your resume reads like a who's who, you know, in rock and blues. Now can you give us uh, kind of a whirlwind synopsis of maybe some of the highlights, uh, some of the folks that you work with? Yeah, you know. Um, when we we got I, I got signed my college my high school band was really good by the way uh, I started a blues band in high school and you know we opened up for Iggy Pop and uh, MC5 when I was in high school and, and getting great reviews in the underground newspapers back then um, so then I had a band in college and then so just just right out of college my college band did so well that basically within a year after I graduated I was thinking about teaching at BU but the Allman Brothers called me up with an offer on Capricorn Records. Mm. So that was it. You know, once uh, once that happened, and, and while we were making the record, um, uh, we met Bruce Springsteen, who was playing at a coffee house on the Bryn Mawr campus, and it was a 150-seater, and he sold half a house. So the night I met Bruce Springsteen, he sold 75 tickets. Um, so, you know, so so over the years, what I mean to suggest by that is, you know, over the years, because you're in the business, 
Um, and we, we were a great touring band. We, we, uh, we were one of the best opening bands on the circuit, and, and we were told that all the time. And uh, so, you know, so we hit the road. We hit the road with the Allman Brothers, Bruce Springsteen, Leonard Skinner, Marshall Tucker, Steve Miller, uh, you know, Aerosmith, everybody. And, you know, so my first 15 years in the business after I signed the deal, um, we didn't play any nightclubs, basically. We just toured with every every band that you could possibly imagine. And, you know, developed lifelong friendships with, with a lot of these people, Steve Miller and Greg Allman. And, of course, all the guys in Aerosmith were like family. I, I just, just played a, a gig for Joey Kramer when he opened up his Rocket and Roasting Coffee nightclub up in the... Up in Bethel, Maine. So you know, so so I have you know, and uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to spend a few days with George Harrison, and and I was fortunate enough to you know jam with Mick Jagger, and uh, you know, basically when I was sitting in the in the basement, when I was in the jug band when I was like 15 years old, you know, playing a washtub bass, and I, I made a harmonica rack out of some stuff from my dad's HRO railroad set, you know. <laughs> um, basically, I'm sitting down there in the basement playing along to Jimmy Reed records and Mighty Waters records, playing in the wrong key, of course, because I had no idea what that was all about. My parents are upstairs watching TV, going, oh, my God, will he never stop that, you know? He's in the wrong key. He's all over the place. He doesn't know what he's doing. Please stop playing. But they didn't. <laughs> um, and, and so, basically, you know, when I would close my eyes and think of B.B. King and John Lee Hooker and, uh, you know, Muddy Waters and the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and all that stuff, it's amazing because it, everybody who I thought of in that basement that I, that, that I would visualize myself meeting and playing with, uh, eventually it all happened, you know. I did, I, you know, and my, my hands-on teachers were Junior Wells and James Cotton. John Lee Hooker was like a mentor to me. You know, I, I played in his band when I was 19, and, I, and he, he lived in Detroit until, I think, 67 or 68. He probably moved out around then. But, you know, so it, it is true, and, and um, I, I have met and played with just about everybody, and uh, including being a member of the Johnny Winter Band, a member of the Blues Brothers, and a, a member of Commander Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen, which was, <laughs> which was really, you know, that. Talk to your agent. <laughs> yeah, forty-seven years. I've been playing for forty-seven years. I haven't met anybody of note. You know, well, I think you need a new agent. Is what it is. <laughs> now, now, um, how? What was like the? What was the? You worked with Johnny Winter, uh, like with towards the end, right? You worked with Paul Nelson and those guys. Was Paul, yeah, was, yeah. No, Paul was no, in the no, band no. at that time when you were that. Was that was the same era? Yeah, exactly. But you know. I look at it as though, you know, I didn't work with Johnny. My my thing about Johnny is that 
towards the end, I always say, I always say those are his last five years um, when he was in tremendously good shape. I joined the band when he was in really bad shape. As a matter of fact, the reason why they hired me was so that they'd have somebody, uh, you know, younger than him. Who, who and, and and I I I don't just sit there on stage. I, I I love performing. I love working the audience. I move around a lot. You know, I jump up and down. I you know you know I do all this stuff. And so they they kind of hired me to kind of <clears throat> you know distract from the fact that Johnny was in such bad shape um, because his manager kept him on prescription drugs. Um, to uh, control him and steal from him and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and you know, had, had, were there not a book out about describing the whole thing, I would never mention that on radio. Right. It's personal, but, but it's, it's all in a book, you know. Everybody knows the story. So otherwise, I would never talk personally about Johnny like that. But, but you know, once it's in the book, it's fair game. Um, so, but... So when I joined Johnny's band and I went to that first rehearsal with him, and I and I'd known Johnny for 30 years at that point. Uh, when I was at the first rehearsal, I said, I, said, uh, I don't think that you use the S word on, on, on radio, so I'll just say, you got to be kidding me. But mm-hmm. really, really, the S word is what I meant instead of kidding. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but it was a, a labor of love for all of us because we loved Johnny, and and basically, you know, we we played together so often and toured so often that that band became really, really tight. We could stop on a dime and give you a nine, nine cents change. So it was a good band. And, and Johnny could still play. He was just kind of a wreck. But but between me and Paul, you know, I got him a doctor who was a physician-in-chief at Tufts University Medical because I was running a program at the time where we provided free health care to all New England blues musicians. And he was living in Connecticut. So I hooked him up with a couple of the doctors in my program, Dr. Larry Hodes and Dr. Jerry Rosenberg. Between those doctors, within eight months, he was taking zero pills. And when I joined the band, he was taking probably 20 a day. Mm. And, and uh, you know, the doctor called me and said, James, you won't believe the stuff they have him taking. Some of this stuff cancels each other, each other out. Some of it's dangerous to be taken together. So so when when I talk about Johnny and I say toward the end, well, I, you know, I was with Johnny for the past 10 years of his life, for five years in the band. But once he was healthy, they didn't really need me anymore because Johnny was like, obviously clear and uh, you know his wife said gee James thanks thanks for giving me my husband back you know um so Johnny was clear he was energetic he because he, he, he was engaging uh he didn't need anybody to go to the radio shows with him anymore to answer the questions you know so um so Johnny's last five years which I consider like the the, the, the end of the, the end of Johnny's chapter or whatever he was in great shape, and he was a great guy, and he recorded with everybody in the business, Joe Bonamasso, Eric Clapton, Dr. John, right. Warren Haynes, you know, the list goes on and on. But, uh, but I, I love Johnny. I was the guy whose responsibility it was to stay up all night with him because he was a vampire. He was never up in the daytime. So, you know, I had double duty. I would, have, I would stay up with Johnny till 4 or 5 in the morning and then, you know, get up the next day and... Uh, hang with the band and perform and 
so I got to know Johnny really well, and, and I, I love the guy more than anything else, and um, one of the most amazing people who's, who's ever lived, and I think probably probably the best the rock, blues, slide guitar player. Um, well, yeah, I was going to ask you about, you know, your experiences with that band, and thanks for telling us about that. Um, I, there's a film, I think uh, Paul told me that there's a, uh, uh, there's a film coming out in March, a documentary about Johnny. Are yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm not, now that you mentioned, I'm really a little pissed off. Uh-oh. Um, oh, no. No, no, I'm always, I'm always that's, that's a joke. It's a joke to listeners. It's a joke. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I should have been in every scene. I don't know. What was the director <laughs> thinking? I, I have no idea what the director was thinking. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's put James in this one too. You know. Um, but um, I've seen the film. It's really good. And, and you know, you really do get an idea. You can really. It, it, it's it's. It's done well enough that that if you didn't know Johnny, you'll you'll know him by the end of the film. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know at least in, in that part of, in, in, during in that part of his life. I mean, when I first met Johnny, you know we were all bad kids back then. You know, <laughs> every, every, everyone in the business was doing something, including the lawyers and for the record labels and the record label presidents. And you know, when I negotiated my first deal for quarter of a million dollars or whatever it was when I was 23 years old, you know, everybody at the table was doing something except for my lawyer who was, uh, uh, and he told me, boy, did you get a great deal today because those guys were too high to even know what they signed, you know? Um, so, but, you know, so, so, so I knew Johnny back in those days, you know, and, and when he was like, you know, it was just vibrant and, uh, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, at the, you know, at the top of his game, and then and, and then I saw him during the low period, and then I saw him when I was in the band, and then you know saw the big comeback at the end of his life, where yeah, which was just so wonderful for all of us to to see Johnny go out on top, you know. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's move on to your uh, to James Montgomery band. Now, you guys are working on a new record. Uh, for Cleopatra Records. Uh, who's on it with you? Who's producing it? What, what's up with this? Well, you know, the last record I did, I had Johnny on it, and, and I had two guys from Aerosmith on it. I had Brad Richard and um, Joey Kramer on it. And I had the Uptown Horns, you know, the, the guy who I met when I was 15. Right. And um, and I had James Cotton on it, who was, who, who was my, you know, hands-on you know, I I call him dad, and he calls me son. That's how close we are. And, you know, and when I call his his wife manager, will go, "Hey, your dad wants to say hello." And and as I had cotton on it, and then and then I had the rapper DMC was on it, uh, so Run DMC. So they're actually interviewing a rap artist here on on this end of the phone here, but they wrapped a song with DMC. Oh, cool. But anyway. Uh, so this record here, we're doing. Um, uh, I, 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 I don't want to call. I, I hate tribute bands, so I don't want to call it a tribute. But we're kind of doing an acknowledgement or whatever, or a tip of the cap to Paul Butterfield, who I always thought was the one of the most influential figures in, in, in American music, and often overlooked, although when he did get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I was, like, so pleased because 
he so deserves to be there. He had such a huge influence on not only blues but rock. So we're doing a thing uh, where we're doing like seven Paul Butterfield songs, seven or eight Paul Butterfield songs, and then uh, three or four originals. But um, uh, James is checking on a call there. He's getting their uh, apparently there's a they're trying to get a guitar player for tonight. His guitar regular guitarist is ill. So as we're recording this, you're, this is this is how the music business works, guys. Sometimes, uh, you know, stuff is, doesn't go as exactly as planned. <laughs> this is real life. And uh, James had to uh, pull away there for a minute to try to uh, work the situation out because. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you um, back, buddy? I'm just telling the audience what was uh, that you're, you're you're a little bit about your situation trying to get a guitar player for tonight. Did, did you find guys oh, find somebody? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I did get a guitar player for tonight, so that's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, it, it, sorry to uh, interrupt the interview, but but that just shows you the real life of a real musician. And, <laughs> and for those of you who are listening who are musicians, you'll know exactly what's going on. My guitar yeah. player got got the flu. I got a gig at four o'clock today. It's now eleven o'clock, and I got a call uh, ten minutes ago before the interview that uh, that my guitar player wasn't going to make it. So <laughs> you know, you go down your list. You know, yeah. you go down the list of the guys who know you're booked and, and, and you got the guys. So I have a guitar player tonight. The listeners will be pleased to know that the show will go on. <laughs> uh, and, and it's during the Patriots playoff game, so um, uh, which is bumming me out. But but they do have a big screen TV uh, right next to the stage. And I told them um, that, during, you know, usually, of course, obviously, you don't want games on while you're playing. But right. Well, I told them that I would not play the gig unless they had the uh, the, the pats and the sponsors on. <laughs> so, I, and I, and I and I'm and I'll tell you this, and I want the listeners to know too that during tonight's game, uh, whenever anybody's under center, or whenever every play I will watch, and then when they're, you know getting ready to run another play, I'll look at the audience, and then when their play happens, I'll turn my back to the audience and watch the game. And so, so, and then, um, anyway, it's going to be, um, I, I'm going to be playing and watching the game at the same time. <laughs> so anyway, where, where were we before I met my guitar <laughs> player call there? We're talking about your new, oh, new, record, your new record, yeah, record coming yeah, yeah. out. Who's going to be on, who's producing it, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, so so we're we're just going to have a couple of guests on it, uh, I, I, and we haven't even nailed them down yet. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get Alvin Bishop and uh, Mark Naftalin. I'm pretty sure Mark Naftalin is already going to do it. We already have Grace Kelly on it, and uh, if your listeners don't know who Grace Kelly is, she is the hottest thing in jazz right now. Um, I met her when she was 12, and at the, age of, at the age of 12, I swear, when I saw her play for the first time, I nudged the person next to me. I said, oh, my God, she's 12 years old. She plays like Stan Getz. She was playing wow. like Stan, Stan Getz at the age of 12. Too. She's one of these, you know, just extremely gifted prodigies. And when she, by the time she was 13 or 14, um, you know, Wynton Marsalis was putting her on, on his gigs, which is unheard of. Um, but anyway, so she and my guitar player, George McCann. George McCann was playing guitar. David Hall is playing bass, and uh, um, Jeff Thompson's on drums. This is your but, live band, right? These are the guys that are in your touring. Yeah, your yeah, band. yeah. And they're all the best in the business. I mean, you know, every once in a while, uh, if Aerosmith needs a sub, Dave goes out and plays with Aerosmith. Mm. He's on that. He's on that level, and uh, I've been a blues brother since Dan Aykroyd turned thirty. I've done shows with them, and 
George is my guitar player. He's sub sub for them a couple of times. So he, these people are on the level that the best people in the business are. Yeah, so the band is great. Fan. Just uh, if you guys check out, go to YouTube and search uh, James um, uh, Montgomery Band, and there's there's some great videos. I mean, they're great great live band. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to let everybody know. Yeah, that. no, no. So these guys are great players, and uh, and. And so we've done the basic tracks, and Grace Kelly, we put her on it, and I recommend for all, all the listeners that they Google her and find out about her because, as a matter of fact, she just got landed a gig um, on the Stephen Paul Bear show. So she's the Asian she's the Asian girl on the uh, uh, playing the baritone. She, the baritone sax is as big as she is, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, but the, and, and she told me, she said, you know, on the way to, you know, so she's working uh, with John Baptiste and the, the Stay Human band on Stephen Colbert. She said, you know, on the way to that show, I was saying, well, this will be great because I know they're not going to ask me to play uh, uh, flute or, uh, or or baritone. And so she gets in and they say, well, we had we had it in mind that you, you, you should play flute and baritone tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so she's on it. We wrote an instrumental, which is a great song. She's already on it. We're going to put a couple of guests on it. I'm going to approach Alvin Bishop and uh, and um, and uh, Mark Nafflin so we can get a couple of guys from Underfield's original band on there. But, but I think Joe, Joe Lewis Walker will probably do something on it. And Paul Nelson is producing, who was uh, Johnny Winter, who produced the Grammy-winning Johnny Winter record. And it's coming out great. We're having a ball. And, and the Butterfield songs, by the way, a few of the slower ones we do pretty much like Paul did them. But the other stuff we've drastically rearranged. Every time I do a cover, like the, like the song that I did rap with Bo Diddley, with the DMC is, is Who Do You Love by Bo Diddley. Because, uh, you know, Bo Diddley in some ways was the first rapper anyway. He did right. all those yeah. times, you know. You know. So, um, you know, walking downtown with a battlesnake whip, take it easy, baby, don't say, give me no lip and all this stuff, you know. So um, so we did a hip-hop version of uh, Bo Diddley's Who Do You Love It? We don't have a Bo Diddley beat on it, not, not even close to a Bo Diddley beat on it. And on the Paul Butterfield stuff, on One More Heartache, uh, I'm, you know, which his word, don't bum, 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 bum. We're doing it like uh, as if James Brown had done it. You know, oh. we're doing Paul Butterfield meets James Brown on that one. Uh, born in Chicago, we cut the tempo in half and we we put a whole different baseline on it. You know, so the Butterfield stuff that we're going to cover, most of it will be. And, and it turns out, "Mary, Mary," which is the most haunting song that he ever recorded, it's really haunting and jarring and different. And it turns out it was written by Mike Smith and the Monkees did a version of it. Which is and they're just like just sing songy little things, Mary, Mary, you know, they're like it's like you know they're all happy and they're and they're shaking their hair like the Beatles used to do and everything. Uh, so, so we we actually combined Paul Butterfield's version with the with the monkeys version. So we're doing oh, wow. Paul, Paul Butterfield does the monkeys, you know. Because <laughs> so like it's gonna be a cool record. Up, yeah, it's gonna be great. We're having a ball and and, the, and my guys are playing their asses off on it. And uh, we're going to throw a couple of guests on there, and, and uh, it's almost done. We just have to add a couple of guest artists, and and, uh, and uh, I got to go in and finish my vocals and, uh, and harmonica. But it's going to be a great record. Um, before we wrap up here, could you tell us about V is for Veterans? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I did my first benefit for veterans in 1972. And believe me, back in those days, it was very unfashionable. Um, people, yeah. people actually thought I was supporting the Vietnam War, supporting the administration. It was either Johnson or Nixon back then. I'd have to get out of calendar to see who was actually president in 72. But, um, but, you know, I wasn't supporting the war. I wasn't supporting the administration. I wasn't supporting napalm and, and right. uh, selling people to Cambodia. I saw veterans on the street who were homeless. Um, they needed help. And a, a Vietnam veterans group pointed out to me that these guys are being treated with disdain. And, and it, it, they didn't even want to join most of them because back then there was a draft, you know. I mean, yeah. You know, to today's army, you know, people want to join, you know, but in those days there were people that just got, got hauled off the street and went down, you know, went went in for the, and, you know, they gave them an outfit and said, there you go. Yeah. Um. So, you know, so I started work for veterans in 72 and continued to do it over the years. And, uh, and um, so we, um, we have a couple of umbrellas companies here, uh, I mean, foundations, the one the one that uh, Vias for Veterans is kind of an umbrella thing where we raise money under the nickname Vias for Veterans, which is not a 501c3, but what we do is we raise money at these shows and donate all the money to 501c3, primarily um, a group called Veterans Assisting Veterans, because, you know, w- we go to the groups, the veterans groups that are the most overlooked and work with the people who have the most problems. For instance, paralyzed veterans, you know, you never hear about them, you know, you never see ads for them. But these guys are the ones who are paralyzed. Yeah. And, and you know, nobody, they're not on anyone's radar. And so th- those are the kind of groups we, we work with. I mean, everyone knows Wounded Warriors, and it's a great, a great organization that does a lot of work. But, you know, these, these guys are raising millions of dollars every year. And, and thank God that they are. I'm, I'm in no way trying to, uh, you know, speak disparagingly about that organization because they're great. But, but we, we go to the, the veterans groups that tend to be overlooked and, and tend to work with the people in the most dire straits. Yeah. And how can people get involved, to like, uh, pitch in or help out with that? Is there well, contact information for that? Yeah, they, it's all the, the we did a live CD and we used my band and a couple of guys from uh, the Joe Cocker band and we put a horn section on it. It's a great record, and we're even doing stuff like Land of a Thousand Dancers and stuff. You know, we we went off nah 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 nah. You know, we yeah. went, we went off the songbook a little just trying to make more of a fun record and right more accessible. Um, so that record is for veterans. Uh, you can Google that. Uh, Vias for Veterans, um, we're putting, this thing is brand new, by the way, so we're getting a website together for it, and, okay. um, and it will be, all the information will be on jamesmontgomery.com within a week, um, and so you'll be able to get the record. Um, it's a really good record, and all the money goes to veterans, and uh, and like I say, um, to veterans who really need need the most help and are the most overlooked, so we're we're, we're really proud about that. Um, well, James, it, uh, this has been like a really great talk, man. I thanks so much for taking uh, some time out of your day. 
I know you yes, got a busy I'm day sorry. coming up here. I'm sorry uh, to have the interruption there, but but I, it's actually pretty cool when you think about it because because that's you're talking to a working musician and this is what happens to us. We get a call. <laughs> we get a call at ten o'clock that our guitar player can't make the four o'clock gig. And, and I'll tell you, when I had the radio show, by the way, <laughs> one of my favorite interviews, I was interviewing Duke Robillard, interviewing Duke Robillard and uh, <laughs> it, it, the whole interview was done while we were waiting in his car for AAA to show up because the band van broke down. And and so I, I'm in the band van, and we're doing the interview, and the interview stopped when AAA showed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, AAA's here, so it's been nice talking to you, Duke. Get back on the road, and we'll see you later. <laughs> so, so other than the gig at 4 o'clock and the Patriots game and getting uh, get, get your uh, guitar man. player straight out, what, anything else coming up next that we uh, did you want to let everybody know about? There's stuff coming up maybe in the next six to twelve or six to twelve months for you guys. Well, yeah, you know, it, it's the thing about our band is, and and, and all, all I would suggest is that is that the listeners uh, go to jamesmontgomery dot com because you know we we work 150 nights a year, um, and so you know we're all over the place. Uh, you know, right now this this. Um, uh, this uh, this part of the winter here, we'll we'll be doing uh, some stuff in New England. Uh, as a matter of fact, the gig that I would really like to plug, I guess, is we're playing Daryl Hall's place in Pauling, New York, on Saturday, the sixth of February. But and that, but you know, we're playing Jonathan's up in Algonquin and, and the Captain Hepburn Theater, which is which is a fantastic venue um, in old in Old Lyme, Connecticut. Um, and that, but but anyway, but we play so much that it's, it's really difficult to, um, to you know to mention um, specific places. But Daryl Daryl Daryl's place up in Wood, uh, up in Pauling, New York, and Jonathan's and um, and I got on the 13th of February, and then on the 20th we're at the Captain Hepburn Theater, and then we're going out with the Johnny Winter All Star Band, and we have about um, six or seven dates in February, and about. Ten dates in March, but those will be on the website too. And that's um, and what the, the deal with that is, it's kind of like, you know, Johnny won the Grammy after he passed away, and 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 knowing Johnny because and and, and I will say this, Johnny was his his own biggest fan. He really was. <laughs> I, I, you know, the the, 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 the slide guitar player solo we did on the, on my record, and we had two guys from Aerosmith playing with him on that on that cut. But he was done taking this, his first take. Every everyone it was a jaw dropping take. And, you know the producers are thinking, can we get one more? You know, just so we have something else. And Johnny goes, Johnny goes, I don't think I can top that. <laughs> so, but, but anyway, so so we kind of feel that that uh, you know that Johnny won the Grammy, and but he never had a chance to like tour behind that as, as a Grammy winner. And we kind of feel, and Johnny's estate kind of feels that you know that we're going to do do some dates this year uh, with guys with guys who played in Johnny's band. Everybody who's in the Johnny Winter All Star Band uh, it, it, it has to have been a member of the band. And we're, we're just going to do this kind of to go around the country and and just point out to people that you know that Johnny went out on top and he went out with the, with a Grammy, and and uh, we're pretty sure that. That Johnny would be looking down, going, "Hey, thanks, guys, for 
carrying on my legacy for for an, for an extra year and letting people know that I won the highest award in music. Well, that sounds like you have a full year <laughs> between that yeah, and no, you got a new record and everything you got going on. <laughs> they like, like to be busy. They like to be busy. Of course. Hey, hey, listen, I can't thank you enough for having me on because, you know, and, and, and you know, you, your listeners should understand, you know, that, um, you know, the way that most radio is, you know, uh, you know where they play the top, you know, that, that, that top 40 format that what's-his-name developed years ago. Um, you know, people are lucky to have a show like yours within their listening uh, area or whatever, or within the stations that you that you're on, because um, you know it's, it's just it, 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 this kind of programming is is is, uh, is rare. And and as the blues musicians, uh, we thank you immensely uh, for having us on because it's you know we're like two percent of the marketplace of. And we need all the help we can get. <laughs> well, you guys, blues is really important. And, I mean, it's really the, uh, you know, it's the daddy of rock and roll. And, uh, you know, in many ways, blues today really is kind of what rock and roll was, what, 30 years ago. So, I mean, well, it, you know, it's, it's all together now. Yeah, and I'm going to start a campaign. Uh, I, 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 this year I'm going to try to get it in full force where, where people like Bonnie Raitt and Eric Clapton and, People that get it, I want them to wear like you know, you know how those they have those pink ribbons for breast cancer and they have the yellow ribbons for veterans and okay and that thing. I want I want to get a, enough people at the Grammys wearing um, blue ribbons so that when they're asked what's with the blue ribbons, they, they say, look, nobody they never show who wins the blues Grammy ever. They don't even mention it. And it's the basis of everything that's going on here. All this pop music that we're giving out awards for, you know, conceivably never would have happened without blues. Yeah. So we want we want 10 seconds of the broadcast to show the guy walking up there and getting his blues Grammy, 10 seconds. That's all I want. <laughs> and, you know, so that blues finally gets recognized by the music industry. Um for what it really is, the basis of everything that we hear. Uh, so, hey, James, thanks a lot, man. Um, good luck with your show later today, and can't wait to hear the, Does the new record have a title yet? Or, or are you... Listen, I, I, I'm going to have a terrible show in a, in a Patriots victory. <laughs> then the greatest show I've ever played in my entire life in the past blues. I don't want, I, I'm going to suck today. I'm going to play awful today. I went through the worst show I've ever done in my life and, 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 and looked from stage to see the Patriots winning a football game. That's what, I, that's what I do. Okay. Well, let's hope the Patriots win. And thanks a lot. That, guys, once again, that is jamesmontgomery.com, and you can catch up with everything that James is doing. And uh, thanks a lot, James, all right? And uh, we will uh, we do a music cast once a week, and we'll make sure that we play – We'll play something off of uh, your what your what you have a live record out right now. Yeah, yeah, there was a bunch of the veterans, but uh, yeah, and, and, let me, and let me know if if you don't have that um, Detroit to the Delta, you know, the, the one I put out. Um, uh, I'll make sure that you get some tracks for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you got you guys kick ass, so I definitely want people to hear. It. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do have the best. Blues. There's there's not a better blues band in the country than mine. There there are, there are some that are as good, but. And, and very few, and I can say that because it's not me; it's, it's the band. I, I just sit up yeah. there and 
you know, I, I'm just a harmonica player and singer. These guys are really. <laughs> James, you're, really, you're much more than a harmonica player. I mean, great stage presence. It's a really, <laughs> it's a really uh, like, uh, up, you know, kind of like in-your-face kind of show. I mean, a lot of bands of that style and stuff are kind of like reserved. You, mean, well, you guys you know, always put on a real show, you know. The, 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 I learned that from James Cotton. You know, I, my harmonica phrasing is mostly I learned directly from Junior Wells and Paul Butterfield. But the whole idea of how to run a show and put a show together, I got all that from James Cotton. And back in the days when when blues Nazism was pretty rampant, you know, where where if you played something that was different than 12 bars, you'd be frowned upon by the blues community. Um, you know, James Cotton, his band was playing Knock on Mud, Hold On, I'm Coming, the Isley Brothers. Yeah. And, and, and James Cotton's band was always really, really high energy, really intense. He kicked ass. He came to take no prisoners. And that's how I model myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing what James Cotton taught me. We'll keep doing it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, that's uh, jamesmontgomery.com, everyone. Once again, guys, I'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Positively Pittsburgh Live. That's uh, pplmag.com and MTS Management Group. That is mtsmanagementgroup.com. You, if you like what you're hearing here, you're interested in uh, these artists that uh, don't won't get the time of day, or sometimes don't get the time of day that they deserve, or the uh, airplay that they deserve on uh, terrestrial radio or, or even satellite radio. Please check out uh, our uh, past podcasts on uh, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus dot com. That's Ludini, just like Houdini, but with an L. Ludini Rock and Roll Circus dot com. And where we where we talk to great artists like James and Paul Nelson and Lance Lopez and all these amazing musicians, um, guys catch up us catch up with us on social media. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at at LL Strangelove. And uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. And thanks James Montgomery. And have a great show. And may the Patriots win. I mean, Thank I'm you, in buddy. Pittsburgh, man. I'm going to get hate mail. <laughs> I know you. Are, yeah. Well, no. If you're in Pittsburgh and you're saying that, you better you better go to the, you better find a bunker. You better you better find the bunker immediately, <laughs> and, and don't come out until people have forgotten about the football season. Okay, James. You have and, and, and by the way, anybody yeah, who, who has any question about deflate gate, look up something called the ideal gas law. It's a law of physics, and 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 you know, there's a big article in the New York Times today about how many scientists from around the country are going. You got to be kidding me! Of course, the, the pressure was different. It had to be because it's a law of physics. But anyway, don't get me started. Love you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. Take care, James. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Good luck. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.